maybe I have a hard time recognizing or receiving the blessing or the the gift or how God is leading because I'd never seen it before. You know, does that make sense? Hey, everybody, welcome to this week's episode of Kettering Connect, the weekly video cast where we hang out for a few minutes with the speaker of the week um, to talk about the message, the teaching, dig into the scriptures, and apply them to our everyday life. And this week, especially, we are joined by our lead pastor, Pastor Andrea Jacobsons. Unfortunately, she's not in the room, but she's joining us virtually from this ridiculous land called Michigan. Um, and, I, and I'm <laughs> Pretty sure someone just got offended. Sorry if you got offended. Uh, so uh, Andrea is, is here joining us online. She's speaking this week um, up there, but she still values this time to be together. So thank you for joining us online, Andrea. Oh, yes. I am excited that we get to do this. And this is Pastor Jason Calvert, who is our young adult pastor and also doing youth for a little while longer. Um, and I, it's great for me that I can do something different. Because I've been speaking, and I thankfully I've been speaking to people, so that's been awesome. I've yeah. had ten to twenty people in the room, which is absolutely amazing. Never get that anywhere else. Um, but it's also nice to just be back with the people I know because I feel like I haven't done this in a really long time. Yeah, it's been a few weeks, um, yeah. right? Because you spent some time with the uh, Michael's family, which was, you know, absolutely important. So, uh, yeah, we're glad that you can join us here. So you you began uh, a new series last week um, called I Am Now. Just real quick, I mean, what's kind of the vision behind the series? Like, I Am Now. Like, why are we doing this? Um, you know, why are we calling it that? Yeah, just kind of talk about that a little bit. Yeah, good question. So I Am Now, the vision behind it is the fact that Jesus says I am, which means that he clearly is calling himself God. And mm -hmm. that is, you can see it all throughout. He, even sometimes when he doesn't say I am, they know that he is stating that he is God, that he's divine and they're angry. And when he says it outright, which is later on in a chapter, I believe in chapter 10, when he says it outright, he says before Abraham was, I am mm -hmm. gets so angry. They pick up stones and they want to kill him. Right. And so it's based on this idea of the fact that he's saying, I am God, but then he also describes himself in all different ways or de and describes God in all these different ways. So he says, I am the bread of life. I am the vine. I am the, the good shepherd, all kinds of different, different things. And as I was thinking about the things that he says, it just made me think that all of those are important, especially for right now, because mm -hmm. we need Jesus. He is mm -hmm needs to be our enough during this time. He needs mm. to be the one that we go to for everything. I mean, our world is broken. It's just crazy. And mm -hmm. if you just watch the news for a little bit, you know that there's so much conflict. And the only hope that we have in this world is to go to Jesus. And the only hope that ch the church can bring to the world is Jesus. Right. So, those statements that he says, yes, they were said at that time, but they're just as relevant for right now because Jesus is all of those things for us right now too. Right. And it's so exactly what you said. It's so relevant and applicable, like how he, and that's what we're going to do for the series, right? So how, so he is the bread. Okay. Well, what does that mean today? How does that make a difference in my life today? Um, 
but it does. And to your point, he says, I am. And, and the Jews, they, they, yeah, they want to kill him, which to us may sound kind of ludicrous. Like, wait, what? Like, why would they make that connection? And, and so you're right. He was claiming to be God, but from the Jewish standpoint, right, when he says, I am, it's, it's like um, the Tetragrammaton, right? Where he's actually saying, like, going back to the story of Moses and uh, the, the bush that was on fire, and he's having this conversation. God says, you know, to Moses, you know, let my people go. And, and then he has these three excuses why he can't do it. Um, and then eventually one of the excuses Moses gives God is, well, I don't even know your name. And then that's when he says, I am, right? So for them, for Jesus to say, yes, I am God. But one of the reasons they were so angry about it is that basically he's telling them, yeah, the God of Moses who, you know, with the plagues and freed the people and led the people through the Red Sea and all of that. Yeah, that was me, right? And for them and their construct in their head, like that just did not make they can't sense. Can't handle it. They can't. Yeah. Handle it. yeah. Which, which I think. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, I was just saying that they. You know, it's so crazy to them because it doesn't make sense. And in a in a way, I think I said something like this in the sermon, like that you can't really blame them because to them that was just you know crazy. Right. That's where Jesus keeps saying, "You need to believe in my words, not just in what I do." Right. That's where exactly. that contrast in when this whole book where, and, and it's interesting because in the other gospels, mm-hmm. even though I did say that they're not technically gospels because there's only one gospel, but in the other gospels, the way we call them, um, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, just to be yes, clear. Yeah. <laughs> we have a lot of miracles that have to do with touch where Jesus is literally touching someone. But in John, I think you only have one of those. And that's most likely because of the fact that John is trying to portray this idea that Jesus is there for you, whether he has touched you or not, whether you Mm. have experienced him personally or not, he's still there for you and you do not need the actual touch because he can touch you through his words. That's what you need. Yeah, no, that's so good. Um, and so one of those ways, and so, okay, so going back to your sermon, um, right, where you kind of talk about how I am the bread of life, which is found in John 6. And uh, what you did in your message, which was really good, is you kind of gave us a little bit of the backstory, right? Because there's like this scene that leads up to the scene where he talks about how I am the bread. And I think it makes sense to understand when he says, I am the bread of life, if you understand the the previous story, which you did, um, which is in the early part of chapter six, uh, kind of one through six. Um, so if we kind of go there and, and peruse through that... Um, couple of observations I made that I think is interesting. It says, uh, so there's this whole crowd of people, right, that are following Jesus because, and it specifically says this, because of the miracles. Um, yeah. And it's like, okay, here he, he has all these people who are following him, right? They want to be close to him really because of what they can get out of him. That's right. Do you, do you think it's any different today? Yeah, no, I think, I mean, that's a really good question. I think that it isn't. And I even think of myself my for a, for a long time i mean i had people in my life who had miracles my dad growing up he would tell us stories that happened to him and someday mm-hmm. i need to tell those stories so they're just incredible mm-hmm. my sister was saved from like she was falling off a wall and she felt a hand putting her up right mm-hmm. so i have i have had that in my life and there were there was a time where i would say okay god am i not as important to you because you are not doing those kinds of miracles to me you're doing them to others you know so i think mm-hmm. there's aspect where sometimes we think, okay, well, 
then does God not value us because he values somebody else because he's doing something for them? And then also because it is easier to want for God to do something for me rather mm-hmm. than have that relationship. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and I think it's while we share that same experience, like, or many people, I should say, will say, yeah, okay, well, God, what are you going to do for me? What, you know, maybe you do that for them, but what are you doing for me? This isn't any new idea, right? Because the, the, apparently people for thousands of years, or at least a couple of people, people thousands of years ago, I should say, um, they had the same thought. Um, yeah. But in the passage, Jesus says, no, 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 it's not about that. It's something deeper than that, right? You think you want this, but what you actually are needing is... Is, is this relationship. And anyway, we'll, we'll get there. So I, I just think it's interesting that for many people today, we're wrestling with this whole issue. Well, they did too. Um, and then a couple of verses later, it, it says, specifically it says that this happened during the time of the Passover, which is really interesting. We'll get to that in a second. But I, I think it's interesting that as we unpack this story, that they have this idea of God rescuing his people um, and how God provided for his people. Like that's kind of the, the backdrop behind uh, you know, when Jesus says, I am the bread, which I think will be relevant in a second. Um, and then verse five is a little odd. Like there's, do, when you're reading the scriptures, do you ever notice like Jesus says some things or sometimes the author says some things you're like, wait, really? Like, why are you saying that? Like Jesus asks a question in verse five that, I don't know, you're, you're a scholar, so maybe you don't think it's odd. I think it's a little like, wait, what? Um, my Bible says, uh, Jesus soon saw a huge crowd of people coming to look for him. Okay. Turning to Philip, he asked, where can we buy bread to feed all these people? Yeah. Um, and, and then verse six, he was teaching, or sorry, he was testing Philip. My translation says, for he already knew what he was going to do. So, like, so that kind of begs the question, why do you think Jesus is asking Philip this question, even if he already knew what Philip was wanting to do? Well, and that's why I was saying in the sermon that to me, he's asking a dumb question. He's asking it for a reason. Right. You right. Know? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> he's using that dumb question because if you think about it, I mean, there's no reason for him to have to ask it because he knows, but he's doing it for a reason. But that, which then makes me think, okay. Would Jesus have to ask me a dumb question in order for me to realize something? Yes, exactly. Because there's times where I'm just not getting it. And then maybe in order to get my attention, it's something that I think that, okay, well, maybe it's not really that intelligent, but at the same time, I really need it because it will teach me something. Right. Uh, No, 100%. And I, I was thinking something very similar. It seems like God... In the scriptures, but also in, in my life, um, ten, can put us into situations where we know that the only way forward is with Him, right? Because, like, uh, because the answer is daunting, right? They give the answer, oh, it would take months and months and months to feed these people, which you talked about um, in your message. Um, and then Andrew kind of gives this response uh, a little bit later when he says, hey, I got some food from this kid. And, I, you know, the Bible doesn't say how we got this food. A part of me is tempted to think he kind of beat up a little boy and said, hey, give me that. You know, the Bible doesn't say that. That's my own <laughs> translation. I'll talk to Andrew about that later. But, but um, it's, it's a good question. That's I was thinking that as I was reading that, too. I thought, well, how does this guy know that there is a boy who has that, you know? Like, right. Did little boy come up to him and say, hey, I, this is what I have? Or did they announce something and say we're looking for bread 
Who's I mean, got I food? Know. It doesn't tell us. Right. And and exactly. And and like I don't know if you've ever been around little boys, but when it comes to little boys and food, um, they usually don't just give it up right quick, right? Like, no, they're willing to to guard it with all they have. So <laughs> I got some questions for Andrew on this. How did you, you know, get a hold of this food, you jerk, potentially? But anyway, but he has his food, but it even says in the text, like in verse eight, um, there's very much this thought. Um, Simon Peter, oh, uh, verse nine, sorry. Um, there's a young boy here with five barley loaves and two fish, but what good is that with this huge crowd? So there's very much this feeling that they're just daunted um, and there's no way forward. And, and that's kind of what I'm saying, like in our own life, and maybe we could even say the year 2020 with everything that's happening, um, it's like, man, there's no way we can get through. There's no way we're going to have a full uh, school year, right? Or there's no way there's, you know, someone in our family is going to be COVID free or churches are going to gather, you know, whatever. You can fill in the blank. There's no way there's going to be college football. Some people, that's like their religion. Um, but the point is, no, maybe sometimes God does allow us to be in situations so that we realize the only way we're getting through is only because he's there. There's, there isn't another way if you were just, you know, if we were to do it on our own. No, does that make sense? Mm-hmm, totally. I think that's a really good point. And, you know, as you were talking about the little boy, I was also thinking, it would have also been super cool for that little boy to in the end see that his food was multiplied so much. Right. 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 And yet God uses someone who doesn't have much and is young, somebody that everybody would think that again, doesn't really have anything to offer. Right. And yet this is what Jesus is using. And to me, that's such hope because there is times where I am little, you know? Right. No, that's no, that's that's a good word. Still use me. No, that's so true. And, and, you know, when he went that day, you know, whether he packed his lunch or his mama packed his lunch, but whatever, like he had this concept of what this food was going to do, right? But when partnered with God, it ended up doing way more, right? And and again, it's not because of him or his mom. It's only what, because he was like, he was close to Jesus. And, and that's kind of this, this beautiful partnership of, no, when we're walking, when we're in close proximity to Jesus, he can take, right, just the, the small things and, and really bless others with it, which is pretty cool. So much so that the Bible says that there were 12 baskets of leftovers. So when you talked about this in your sermon, like a lot of times we say, oh, he fed 5,000. No, that's not what it says. 5,000. Notice that I said 12,000 baskets. I did. I wasn't going to bring that up, but now that you did. I never noticed it until somebody brought it up to me. I had no idea that I did that. (laughs) Well, I was just like, okay, well, well, well. (laughs) It's it's just one of those things. But I did notice. I was like, 12,000? Man, I've been reading this Bible wrong. Uh, Yes. I'm not going to call out the boss like that. But yes, you're right. You did say 12,000. But we all know what you meant. That's where you go with being little, right? I was, as I was starting the prayer here, I was telling them, I mean, there are still times when I just wonder at God at the fact that he was willing to use me. I stumble over my words all the time. There's times when I get home and I think, why did I just say that? You know, there are so many things that, um, that I do that would make me completely unworthy to be used by God. And yet, it's not about me. It's totally about God. And that's kind of what you were saying about those loaves of, of fish and bread that God does so much with it. And if only we're willing to do that, I mean, it just blows my mind, the fact that God could do so much with us if we're willing. 
And if we are doing what this passage says, and that is spending that daily time with the bread of life. Right. Right. No, and not only that, I, I 100%, but not only that, but then going back to the, not the 12,000, but to the 12 baskets, all of these leftovers, um, it's, it's not just a blessing for the people who are there, but also for others, right, who weren't there. So there's very much this, um, this connection to Jesus and what we can do with Jesus and how we can serve and, and be a blessing um, to the people that are close. But then there's all this abundant, right, for other people who weren't there um, that I also think is, is really interesting. Um, yeah. And okay. So, okay. But what I've, okay. So then the, this whole idea of during the time of the Passover and bread and, and toward the end, um, there, okay. So all of that happened and then he leaves to, to kind of get away. Uh, and you talk about that. Um, and then people find him again, right? Because now people find out, man, there's free food, right? I mean, everybody wants some free food. And so apparently it was really good. So now, so he leaves, there's, it's a day later and a whole bunch of people are finding him. Um, they leave. He tells his disciples to leave and there's this whole, uh, he catches up with them. That's another whole story. We'll talk. That's another sermon we'll talk about, but eventually they, they get together. People find him. And uh, and then they come to him, and uh, they kind of have this request. It's it's kind of interesting. Um, they say, um, "We want to." Or verse twenty eight. They replied, "We want to perform God's work too. So what should we do?" Jesus says, "This is the only uh, verse twenty nine. This is the only work God wants from you. Believe in the one He has sent." Um, which is really interesting. Uh, verse 30, they answered, show us a miraculous sign. So these guys are still kind of like before. Oh, well, show, what are you going to do for us, right? You give us, show us a miraculous sign if you want us to believe or trust in you. What, what can you do? Verse 31, after all, our ancestors ate manna while they journeyed through the wilderness. The scripture says Moses gave them bread from heaven to eat. Uh, and then that kind of sets the table. Jesus says some stuff. And then he says, um, in verse 35, Jesus replied, I am the bread of life. So there seems to be this connection to when the Israelites ex- first experienced manna and Jesus telling them that how he is the bread of life. Um, does that make sense? Yep. And Exodus 16. Yeah. So if we pivot to Exodus 16 real quick, um, uh, which is where the people of Israel, they do receive manna for the first time. Um, and there are a couple of things that I just find really interesting. And, and the first one is, so this, this whole scene, when God gives the manna, this happens about a month after they leave Egypt, um, which to me is interesting because that means that they're not where they were but they're also not where they're going to end up either, right? They're kind of in this in-between. And I feel like that's kind of all of us, right? I mean, I don't know about you, but like for me specifically, I'm not where I was, but I'm definitely not where I want to be, right? Or need to be, um, just kind of in the middle. And I think that, you know, a lot of times God shows up in the middle. Um, and uh, and then, so then they start, you know, they start complaining, which we could, <laughs> church members never complain, as you know. I mean, not here at least. I mean, maybe other churches, but. Interesting because it's almost like God waits until they yes. are complaining, until they yes. really realize that they need him to do something. But at the same time, they've been complaining for a long time too. That's so true. 
No, that's so true. And like to your point, verse two it says, "There too, the whole community, the whole community. We're talking millions of people, just to be clear. The whole community of Israel complained about Moses and Aaron." Which, okay, so I don't know. For me, it's like sometimes the people we help the most still complain about us, right? And so. If, if there's ever anyone who talks about us or maybe not us, because I know everyone loves us, but right. But other random people, um, it's like, no, the people that we tend to really want to help the most, they can still complain and they can still turn on us. And you know, that's okay. That's a part of it. But instead, but even though they're grumbling, it's like God still gives them grace. Um, even though they have, uh, like selective memory, like if you look at it in verse three, like, this is what they're complaining about. If only the Lord had killed us back in Egypt, they yeah. moaned. So crazy. There, yeah. There we sat around pots. Now, think about this. There we sat around pots filled with meat and ate all the bread we wanted. Okay. They're not talking about the beatings, right? They're not talking about how, you know, they had to uh, make these bricks without straw, right? They're not talking about all of the, the terrible life that they had. They have this very selective memory, right, right about just eating, Um what you really find interesting is sometimes we have selected, selected, wait, what's the word? Selective. There we go. Selective memory. To a lot of people, because I mean, just think of even me as a kid and mm. thinking back to my childhood and then thinking through certain things. I had this idea that like everything was huge. Right, right. Then I would go back to my grandma's house when I was way older and realized, oh, wait, it's not actually huge. I mean, it's right. very different from what it really was. And yes, I mean, that, that they weren't necessarily children, but it's like we hold on to certain things that we want to hold on to. And then other things we completely just disregard or, I don't know, don't really pay attention to enough for it to right. be. So it's just the kind of the reality that sometimes we have selective memory because it's easy for us to, you know, well, God, where were you when, or why didn't you, right? And we can kind of complain about stuff, but we also forget all the times when he actually was there and he did provide. And, uh, and sometimes I think, you know, I, I talk to students all the time, like, like you, and they're like, well, how come God doesn't answer my prayers? And I always say, no, God always answers our prayer. It, perhaps the answer isn't what you thought, right? Because we have such a limited, you know, perspective. Yeah, um, that's right. Mm-hmm. So anyway, so, so they get this manna and, um, they were complaining and, and, but what I love about it is let's see, go to verse 13. So it says that evening, vast numbers of quail flew over and covered the camp. Um, so, okay. They're kind of getting what they were wanting. They were wanting meat. And the next morning, the area around the camp was set with dew. Verse 14, when the dew evaporated, a flaky substance as fine as frost blanketed the ground. The Israelites were puzzled when they saw it. What is it? They asked each other. They had no idea what it was. Okay, so basically, and then they call it manna, which basically manna literally means, what is it? So apparently they weren't very creative with their names. Um, <laughs> but I do think that's interesting, right? They, they don't necessarily recognize right away God's provision, for them. And I think sometimes that's kind of how it is. Like, I mean, for me, like it's sometimes like maybe I have a hard time recognizing or receiving the blessing or the the gift or how God is leading because I'd never seen it before. You know, does that make sense? Like, like I feel like God 
does new stuff for us all the time. And I'm just wondering how often is he doing stuff? And I just have a hard time receiving it because I've never seen it before. Yeah. And because I'm so used to whatever I had before and I'm comfortable with it. So I want to go back to that and what God has for me now. Um, But God didn't call us to be comfortable. He called us to be on a mission for him. Right. Oftentimes I think we forget that because we just end up with those things that keep us where we're at instead right. of going where God wants us to go. Right. And what he wants yeah. us to see and, and learn. And so I just wonder, right, on the, on the everyday, like, what is it? What is it, God? Maybe, you know, that's part of the prayer. You talked about a prayer. We're going to be praying things at the end of, of, um, of every message. But, like, what is it today, right? Like, what is it that you're showing today? Maybe it's new, but open my eyes to it. Um, and then at the very end, uh, there, each one was allowed to take what, as much as they wanted, right? What was good for them, right? Which is different. It's not a one size fits all, uh, which is so interesting when it comes to our walk with Jesus. You know, sometimes I think we think, oh, well, this is how God worked for me. So that's going to be how it's going to work for you. It's like, no, that's not actually in the Bible, right? It's, it's a, that's, we call it a personal walk for a reason. It's going to look and sound different for each, you know, individual. Uh, which I love. But in verse 16, it says, if I can find it, but I'm getting old. Um, oh, mercy. Where did it go? I thought it was in verse 16. Uh, those letters seem so small. Are those numbers? Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. They keep getting smaller. Um, okay. I see it. I can read it. This okay. is the thing which the Lord has commanded. Let every man gather it according to each one's need. One omer for each person, according to the number of persons Let every man take for those who are in his tent. Yes. So they do that. Um, and then actually in verse 18, but when they measured it out, everyone had just enough. Um, those that gathered a lot had nothing left over. Those who gathered only little had enough. Each family had just what it needed. So kind of to your point with the message is, man, Jesus, when he says, I am the bread of life, um, there's definitely this connection to manna, right? The people even bring it up um, during this time of, of when God was delivering his people. But really, I think the message is, no, what you need, what's enough is me, right? Walking with me, being close to me, that is enough, which I think is a beautiful message that we all really need. Yes, no, I totally agree. I think, and I think also sometimes, or oftentimes, we, we think other things are enough, Right. Um, Or maybe nothing is ever enough. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Whereas Jesus is saying, no, I am enough. And so I often pray, Lord, please be my enough. Because Mm. I think that often I I forget that. I forget that he is the one that I need and that he is enough. And if he is in my life, then that is all I need. I don't need all the other things that I think that I need. I just need him. Right. Um. Right. So, and and then, so to finish, so in in your message, you talked about, you know, talking to God and like, he is, he's in the now, right? God is very much interested in our now, like in this moment, which I think is beautiful because sometimes I think, you know, okay, why, you know, I had that moment in Bible camp when I gave my life to him, right? Or, you know, we kind of look back to the past on on these moments, but, you know, the whole message of the series, but in, but what you talked about as well is God is very much interested in this moment right now, uh, which is, I think is really helpful for all of us. Um, and you talked about ways that you stay connected, right, in the now. Um, and 
and, and so for me, one thing that I like to do, which I kind of take from First Thessalonians 5, where specifically it talks about how um, to pray without ceasing, just kind of this idea, right, that, okay, well, what does that actually mean? Like to pray without, wait, what do you mean you never stop praying? And just for me, how I try to, you know, walk life with Jesus, like in the now is, um, so I wake up in the morning, hey, good morning, God, right? Okay, chances are I got way too little sleep. So I'm like, okay, um, <laughs> uh, give me the energy, the focus, right? You see the laundry list of stuff I have to do today, but help me discern the difference between the important and the urgent, right? Because sometimes there is a, a difference. Um, so, and then, you know, you're brushing your teeth, you're taking, you know, whatever, you're doing your thing. And, and then you have, oh, I got that meeting I totally didn't prepare for. Um, help me with that, right? And so that, for me, what it looks like is, you know, you wake up in the morning and you start your conversation with God, but then I just don't say amen, right? Just kind of on the, throughout the goings of the day, you get your car and it's like, okay, there are people all over the planet getting into vehicles right now who think they're going to make it to their destination and they're not. Help me to get there, right? Um, and, you know, we have meetings and, you know, whatever. All the things, okay, you know, we have this random conversation that happens and you're like, I have this long laundry list of stuff to do, but I'm having this conversation. You know, God, help me to focus on what you want me to focus on. And and then finally, at the end of the day, right, when you're finally decompressing and you're laying in bed and you're kind of going over the day, I don't know if you do this, but that's what I do. Like, I kind of like like a movie, like, like in review of the day, like all the ways, kind of like what you're saying, all the ways I screwed up and that is abundant. Um, it's like, oh, I should have said this or I should have done that or I should have prayed with or, you know, whatever. Um, I spent too much time doing, but whatever. At the end of the day, it's like, okay, God, you got me through this day. You were with me. Um, okay, I have like four hours of sleep. I really need 12. So you're the God of abundance, right? Bless me with the rest that I need um, and, you know, for another day. So anyway, this whole idea of the God of the now, what it looks like for me is just kind of having this ongoing conversation with him throughout the day. And then finally, at the end of the day, saying amen. Um but well, yeah. Well, what do you what do you do? Well, that's kind of what I do. I talk to God. I do say Amen. Um, and if I'm doing yeah. my own devotion, which that's what I shoot for every single morning, and then while I'm doing that prayer, I I don't actually I'm not sure whether I even say Amen because I usually end my prayers with um pretty much the same thing each time, and it just mm. says, Lord, I know that I belong to you. Um, and you know, I love you. Thank you for letting me that kind of thing. Yeah. And so, and then I just keep going and talking to him through the day, but I do journal a lot of those things. And I journal because I realize that oftentimes if I'm just praying, my mind starts wandering and then yeah, yeah. I end up doing something completely different than what I really wanted to do, which was pray and spend time praying and taking the time to talk about, talk to him about people and, and, um, you know, lifting them up in prayer. So that's why I do that because mm -hmm. I know it keeps me on track. Yeah. yeah same focus. So good. <laughs> the rest of the day, it's not like I'm journaling all the time. I do keep right. talking to you at a different point. So yeah, very similar. But just a couple of different ways of, of staying connected and realizing that God is very interested in us now, like in this moment. So anyway, I think it's going to be a great series. I'm excited for this next week. Um, so pray that, yeah, we'll keep praying for you as you finish up your week there. Um, you. Do you mind praying for us to, to close us out? And then uh, we'll be done with this week's episode. I'd love to do that. Let's pray. Okay. Okay. Lord God, thank you for the reminder that you are the bread of life that we need to go to all the time, that you want that close relationship with us. And I just pray that you help us to pray that prayer every single day because we want to grow in you. And so I pray for our church 
that you grow each one of us closer to you and then closer to each other. I pray this in your name and put us all into your hands. Amen. 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 Uh, okay. Thanks so much, Andrea. We'll see you next week. Thanks, everybody else, for watching, for being a part of these Kettering Connects. Hope you have an amazing week. And uh, yeah, we'll see you next time. Mm, thank yeah. you, Jason. And bye, everyone. Bye. bye. It was just kind of in, uh, um, uh, cause yeah, that, that, um, and, um, so like this idea that man, um, and, uh, um, or, um, so it's like, um, cool.